Good sorts at Scott Running wanted you to know that if you purchased any pair of Kinabalu 2s from scottrunning.nz until the end of March, they will donate $50 towards New Zealand Women's Refuge. As many communities are coming to terms with the impacts of the cyclone, Women's Refuge is working around the clock to ensure that clients are safe and supported while preparing for the increase in women and children who will require assistance in the coming weeks. Like we said, any purchase of the Kinabalu 2 and $50 will be donated towards Women's Refuge until the end of March. Scottrunning.nz. Good bastards. Totally. Well, thanks. The Aotearoa Trail Running Institution, you know the deal, Trail Directory, VIP Lounge, huge discounts at the store. We love them. We think you should love them too. We know you do. Check them out. Wildthings.club. Do you know what it is officially not anymore? It's officially not not summer. It's I officially want a, I want a refund. Yeah, I'd like a refund as well, thank you. And that means officially you need a headlamp because the days are shorter, the nights longer, and because trail running in the dark without a lamp sucks. Uh, further faster have an epic range of headlamps, including the ever-popular Petzl range. Now, Eugene and I are both rocking the Petzl Swift RL with 900 heroic lumen. Probably bit more lumen than we need but it's the lumen that we've got 900 lumen and their patented reactive light technology which is super cool no more falling over for us well no more falling over because of not having a headlamp go to furtherfaster.co.nz or pop in and visit them at 57 Sydney Street Otutahi the best independently outdoors owned store in the modern sentence didn't make sense we go something like further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster, now. Go further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster, now. Dirtchurch Radio. Episode 234 of Dirtchurch Radio. I'm Matt Raymond. And I'm Eugene Bingham, Tina Kaito. We made it. We did. We did. We made it. Yeah. The hits just keep coming. This well, they did in the summer that we had. Um and probably, you know, quite a way down the list of priorities for the country, but we have noticed heaps of trails bashed up, right? Mm. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like you said in the ads, uh, we'd like a refund, please. And the we- the weather had an impact on the Southern Lakes Ultra too, with a big rescue coordination centre effort to respond to 11 locator beacons being set off. Mm. Super pleased to see that everyone was safe and that the race was able to carry on in some form. It is a good reminder to always take your compulsory gear and that even when you're in a race, you're running in some pretty wild environments. So, you know, it's just a good reminder. Please be careful, eh? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and those, I mean, those trails all around the country have have taken some hammering, but those West Coast ones, um, you know, especially ones that have only just opened, it's a bit gutting, reopened after the Cody dieback issues, it's a bit gutting to see mm. them torn asunder as well. But um, yeah, as we say, least of the worries in many instances when people's lives and homes and so on have been impacted but nonetheless we have noticed we've seen those trails mm. um how's riverhead doing i've just been yeah, on look, gravel but you've been trailing i've been trailing a little bit when i've not been injured but uh yeah it's it's okay it's it's not too bad um it's wetter than it's it normally is in february normally it's baked hard like concrete mm. but um yeah no it's fine 
you know, again, can't complain, <laughs> won't complain. Yeah. Um, and just to clarify as well, the the trails that we're referring to, the west coast, we mean the west coast of the North Island. So out towards yes. those isolated communities Indeed. like Piha, Karakari, Murawai. So, Indeed. Well, yeah. speaking of west coast, I mean the old ghost ultra out west, the other west, they had cracking weather though by the looks and it was another amazing, amazing race turned on there. Uh, a race record for Sam McCutcheon. Yes. <laughs> so good to see after backing up. Uh, he was fourth at Tarawira at the Tum 102, you know, three weeks ago. And um, yeah, so good yeah, to see He's just been there court. or thereabouts, hasn't he, for the last couple of big races. So, yeah. Yeah. But we know that he's, you know, he's super quality and, you know, he's the champ. he he dominated um, a new course record, six hours and 49 minutes, which is a bit bonkers. Mm. Um, and in second place with a bit of a, you know, it was looking like quite a ding dong for a while there, uh, our old mate David Hounschmidt in 7.09 and our other older mate, Vajan Armstrong, third in 7.37. Uh, and that's, you know, that's one of Vajan's favourite sort of happy hunting grounds, really, isn't it? Yeah, he's podiumed, what, three times, maybe? Um, he loves it there. And, I mean, as everyone who runs runs that race is, you know, in the women's race, it was a, a three-way battle from, from early on with Simone Brick from Melbourne setting the pace, and she held on for 7.59 victory. Um, Katie Morgan was chasing her, but then pinged her calf. Uh, in the style of Zach Miller, uh, but kept up the chase and and kept going and got second with eight fifteen, and Natalia Prado stayed strong for third and eight twenty six. So a great great race from those three. Ruth Croft had planned on running, but I saw that she said that she was wasn't quite ready to be back racing, so she withdrew. But you know, it's just everything this year is going to be about UTMB, right? Yeah, it, I hope I hope so. But also, it's a really amazing mindset to actually to go hey not ready so i'm not going to do it um and very germane this week's guest uh dcr og nancy zhang we had her on back in episode 16 which was back in 2018 which means we're old yeah we were teenagers back then so yeah nancy's old yeah so um we're all old but we're older than Nancy much. and yeah, much older than Nancy <laughs> and what an absolute pleasure to have her back. Uh, she recently won the Tarawera by UTMB 102k in a tough, tough race in which she really did prove her grit. The women's race, I mean, it was the race of the weekend. So much incredible talent in town, all chasing that golden ticket for Western States. We talked to her all about that and she tells us what she plans to do as well as the injury battles, ups and downs and what she's been through, overtraining, strength work, dialing in for races um, and getting random phone calls from her coach. You know, that, that was pretty incredible, wasn't it? Lord, yeah. <laughs> Lord <laughs> Professor Sir John O'Wyatt. Google yeah, him if you haven't right. heard of him. Yeah, or check out DCR previous episode. Um, that's quite amazing, isn't it? When you, your coach has obviously got a tracker, a tracker on you. Yeah. Going, hey, up to. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave that to the, anyway, we'll leave that to the yeah, conversation. We'll, but yeah. It's a good show. It's a good story. Anyway, here we go. Greatest, Greatest run, run ever. ever. Greatest run ever. 
Greatest Run Ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. Excuse the pointing. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. It might just be a run around the block. Something that's sung to you for some reason. Send them in to us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And this is from Tony. It's a Wednesday. Two days ago, I returned to New Zealand after visiting my family in Europe for the first time in two and a half years. The holiday had been amazing, filled with love, good food, great runs and activities. I'm on a high and ready to get back into things over this side of the globe. I've just finished my first run back in New Zealand when my girlfriend calls me. I think my car has been stolen. She's calm. I'm not. Selfish as I am in that moment, I immediately realised that I'd left quite a bit of my gear in her car since we're still moving to places as I don't really have my own place to stay. And he, they let out an expletive. Um, my stuff is in your car. Are you sure you didn't park it somewhere else? I followed by a few more words that shouldn't be repeated. I realize that I'm not giving her the most empathic reaction, and I ask her how she is. She's all right and surprisingly strong and calm. I hang up, and I get back on my way to pick her up. It's at that moment when it hits me, my camera, my laptop. I'm not sure if I've ever screamed that hard. I break down in tears as I try to keep the car on the road. I feel a pain I've never really felt before. And it's not that I'm a materialistic person, but I realize there's a lot of very valuable photos of family on both laptop and camera. I'd forgotten to take them out of her car earlier that day. As she left in the driveway in the morning, I realized and tried to call her. I needed them for today. As I'm dialing her number, I get the message that I don't have enough credit left. Shit. There's no Wi-Fi either, and the gorgeous Airbnb we're staying, there's nothing. There's nothing I could have done. There's nothing I can do. It's this mixture of unfortunate events that will mess with me for a few days. The list of missing items is long, a backpack full of pretty much all my outdoor clothes, jackets, socks, bike clothing, run clothing, mountaineering clothes, thermals, a brand new down sleeping bag that was a farewell present from my parents, and who knows what else. Luckily my new running shoes were in another bag. Monday comes around, after a few days of mourning and trying to be optimistic, the training schedule reads, race simulation, five hours of fun. I laugh. It also re reads, wear everything that you're going to wear and use on race day. I don't have much choice, coach. I've got one and a half pairs of socks left, one pair of running shorts, two shirts to choose from, and no mandatory gear. I think I'll just go with what I have for now. I'll run my local favorite, Tafranui. I load up my hydration pack, which fortunately still have, and wait in the car until the rain stops. It's windy, a bit stormy even. I'm surrounded by dark clouds, and only sometimes there's the sun piercing through the clouds. I'd like to start when it's dry so I can warm up a bit, so I have no clothes to keep me warm or dry. I find my window of opportunity and start running. It's after 20 minutes when the first rain hits me, but I don't care anymore. I've warmed up and I'm in a good headspace. The muddy k's tick away and I'm smiling. My thoughts get clearer, my smiles get bigger, birds chirp away and the list of species I see gets longer and longer. There's nobody around and I'm completely zoned out until a fat kidadu scares the hell out of me as it decides to take off right next to my head. A little while later a seal does the same thing to me as I run too close past a harakeke it's lying under. It gives me a loud roar and I jump. The extra adrenaline gets me through the last couple of beautiful kilometers until I finish the run with exactly 5 hours and 47 kilometers on the sun toe. I decide to go for a swim to cool down on the legs and wash the mud off and probably loads of sheep and cow poo. It is however not only that I wash off, it feels like a page has been turned. I've run and washed off all the frustrations, anger, sadness and pain. I'm filled with positivity again as I sit in the sun eating my pasta and tuna, listening to the waves crashing into the pebbled beach.
It's those moments you realize again that life is beautiful in all its simplicity. I'm privileged. I have health, time, and money to go for long runs in gorgeous environments. And it reminds me that you don't need much to feel fulfilled and happy. The runner's high keeps surprising me every time, again and again. For this year, might be my greatest run ever. I'll keep reminding myself whenever, sad, mad, or whatever, get out there. I hope my outgear door, I hope my out door gear, excuse the spoonerism, is not thrown away and put to good use by somebody else, whoever it might be, and maybe even let somebody else have a greatest run hike ever. Who knows? It's something I hope everyone will experience once. As for the missing photos, the memories are still in my heart. Maybe we should live in the moment a bit more. For now, I'll be chasing more adventures, more memories, and I hope whoever reads or hears this will do the same. Have fun out there and be well. Wow. Thanks, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had everything I own in the same way nicked out of a car in Europe once. What country? And in France. And I went through the same range of emotions. Um, yeah. Mm. So I could feel your pain. Um, but that run, man, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful run. And it's 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 that thing, isn't it? It's a, that, that cavalcade of emotions and getting to that place of being okay um, and being okay yeah. with not being okay. It's a good thing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The rest of you, keep sending those greatest runs in. Um, Dirtchurchradio at gmail.com when you figure out what your greatest run ever is. We'll send in a couple. Who knows? Right. On to our chat with Nancy Zhang. Nancy's a structural engineer based in Nelson currently, although she grew up in West Auckland, West Auckland's finest, and we are never going to let the world forget that. She is also really, really fast. New Zealand mountain running champion. She's competed at the World Trail Champs and raced in Europe. Last month, she bit a super strong field to take out the victory at the Tarawera Ultra 102km event, proving what a formidable and determined athlete she is. Enjoy. Dirt Radio. West Auckland's finest, Nancy Zhang, welcome back to Dirt Church Radio. Hi guys, how's it going? Really well. How? I mean, we were just talking off mic. How are you feeling after last weekend's escapades? Um, <laughs> feeling better now than um, at the finish line. <laughs> I've had a a week now to digest everything. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> body's moving okay. I think um, I went on a few runs. Went on a few bike rides. Um, and no longer constantly eating, um, which is good. <laughs> yeah. What's your go-to, I mean, for those who were, I guess, living under a rock, and also welcome back because you were one of our first ever guests on Dirt Church Radio. You came in at episode number 16. Yeah. And this will be episode 234 or 5. So, yeah. It's, it's, You're one it's, of the OGs. It's been a long yeah, one of the OGs. <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute, as the kids yeah. say. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> lots of guests. Yeah, yeah, we we have. And what's what your, what's your go to? I mean, this sounds like an inane question, but you, if you're constantly hungry post Tarawera hundred and two, what's your go to? Oh, um, it's funny. Like I actually didn't know what I wanted after the race. Uh, <laughs> We were one like walking around countdown, um, <laughs> but like yeah, my brain wasn't quite there. Um, <laughs> um, no, I I had I got 
like noodle soup um, in those like foam cups because um, I remembered I really wanted them um, near the end of CCC. So I was like, surely I would want to eat this now. Yeah. And was it as good as you hoped? And did you? Yeah, it was pretty good. Like that, it was. It went down good. That salt. Um, yeah, yeah. We saw you out on the course making good, a uh, good uh, attack of a lemonade ice block too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was excellent. Was that an aid station item? Was that it? Was that your crew? That was my crew. That was my awesome crew. Um, shout out to my crew. The best crew ever <laughs> um yeah though they asked me if i wanted a popsicle um i think at the redwoods the first time we came through and i was like yes i, I need a popsicle <laughs> i was just so hot and especially like going through the sulfur flats yeah we had it all twice um quite close together and then it was just the heat and the smell of the sulfur so yeah um thank goodness there was popsicle. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think that saved my race. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. lesson in delayed gratification though, isn't it? Because normally when you ask someone, hey, Nancy, or if you said, hey, Matt, do you want a popsicle? And I said, yes, I clearly would. You, you wouldn't have to go, okay, cool. Just run 10, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how, how far was it from Redwoods to Hemel Gorge? Like 20 kilometers, something like that? Yeah, something. Uh, yeah. Maybe a bit okay, less. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you in, we'll see you in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in over an hour while you've run the whole way. Yeah. It was um how how was your day? Like talk us through it. Um <laughs> like honestly, um I had a feeling that I was going to have a pretty good day. Um at the like when I was just standing at the start. So it's I've I'm struggling to like describe um exactly like the feeling and how I knew, but it's I mean, my training was pretty good leading up to it. Um, it was very consistent, like the consistent it's ever been. Um, and normally at the end of my training block, I always feel tired um, and worn out, but not this time. Um, and coming to the end of the taper, like I just felt strong, um, rested, and like just really confident and um i don't know if i'm being really superstitious or <laughs> whatever but it's like um i had my gear checked at macpack and the owner and um here nelson he apparently I, I don't remember him but um apparently we used to run together in the Waitaka Rangers um yeah back when I was a teen and he's like I think you're gonna win it <laughs> and I was like oh okay <laughs> and then the day before I was doing a shakeout run um around the Blue Lake and when I came back to the car there was a local like an elderly um man and his wife and they were talking to my dad and they said the same thing they're like you're gonna win it <laughs> um, so I don't know <laughs> maybe maybe that boosted my confidence but yeah um and I guess in terms of the race um like 
a few of my friends, um, they keep telling me, oh, Amanda Basham is going to be at the race. Um, and then there's like this pro runner from China who plays seventh at UTMB and then the Spanish lady who plays eighth at UTMB and like the top three runners from UTA also going to be here. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever, ignore it, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just going to focus on myself. Um, yeah, and then like we took out pretty quick, I think, um, at the start of the race. Oh, sorry, before that, a few other things happened, <laughs> <laughs> which I also thought just worked out really well. Um, okay, so I had booked an accommodation close to Carwadale, um near Lake Rotoma, I think. Um, because I was like, oh, yeah, I'd like to just, you know, uh, prefer a 10-minute drive to the start than whatever, like an hour or whatever yeah, it is. From yeah, yeah. Um, but then the course changed and then I was like, oh, no, it's fine. You know, it's still a 30-minute drive out of Rotorua. Um, so the first night when we stayed there, um, like it's really nice. It's lakefront, but it's also the back of it, backs onto the main highway. And I slept horrible on Thursday night, like maybe a few hours, because um, every time a truck drove past, it'd shake the whole house. It's like a really basic Kiwi batch. Yeah. Um, and I was awake in the middle of the night, and I'm like, there's no way I can stay here the night before the race. Like, I need to sleep. So I managed to book um, an accommodation in town on the main Fenton street i know right How did the you do that? that's nothing the... available i was like the only one available <laughs> well you yeah. really won tarawera <laughs> yeah, you didn't just win tarawera you won <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it was really good like it was super quiet and like had upstairs and downstairs i had a spa um i was able to like cook my porridge in the morning <laughs> um anyway, i slept so bad that on Thursday that I had like a solid nine hours sleep like on the night before the race. So I woke up feeling amazing because normally I sleep horrible um, before a race. And, and so initially I was going to catch the bus from Lake Rotoiti um, at the um, sport field there. But because I was in now in Rotorua, I caught the bus from the village green and the bus that picked up the runners from Lake Rutoriti, I think they were really late. Mm. Um, they arrived, like, you know, we were, you guys oh, we were, were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was on, if I was on that bus, I would have probably been freaking out and panicking and would just not be, like, you know, ready to run yeah. at the start. Yeah. So it, it worked out well. Yeah. Wow. So it, seem, it seems like sort of lots of things sort of fell your way and yeah in that sense yeah. yeah yeah was that did that so you you said maybe it gave me confidence but it sounds like yeah you yeah. you went into it confident <laughs> yeah which is awesome because before the race everyone was talking about whoa the fields are so deep and so competitive for that 100k so to have been able to block all that out and just be yourself and be confident that's a that's a superpower <laughs> yeah maybe i guess yeah <laughs> um well i don't know like 
I did CCC last year um, and it was a big learning curve for me. Like um, something my partner said to me, he, he crewed me for the race and it just really stuck with me. Um, he's, he basically said that I lost focus um, at CCC and I like basically quit the race mentally um, too early. And he's absolutely right. And like, yeah. And coming into Tarawera, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. It's going to be 100% focused for 100% of that race. Mm. Yeah. Mm. How did you, I mean, the, it, it was on, wasn't it? You know, the race, it was intense yeah. racing. Yeah. So <laughs> how did you manage to keep your head, keep calm and, or or did you not? Did you, did you, did that fuel you? How did you? mentally approach the racing aspect um <laughs> i i don't honestly i i'm not too sure like i just stayed focused um i wasn't too bothered about what was happening around me um and i think i was i think i know like maybe hopefully i'm not sounding too cocky but i think i was smart in terms of how I raced. Um, so I knew, like, when Amanda took out really quick, I'm like, well, she just ran Bandera um, 100 not too long ago. She's running really fast now, but she's still going to be running really fast, you know, after five, six hours because, sh- you know, surely there's some sort of um, deep, like fatigue, fatigue, tiredness there from the race earlier. Um, and I could also hear that the other ladies around me, um, like their breathing, I could hear the effort in their breathing. And comparing that to mine, I was like, I think it sounds like they're working harder than me. So I was like, okay, I think I'm going to be okay today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So just being in tune. How difficult yeah. was it because of the lap nature of the course? Well, you know, having to do the lap and so many other runners out there. How was it sort of navigating your way around people, but also keeping track of, okay, who's in front, who's behind me? You know, that must have been quite difficult as well. Uh, no, actually, um, surprisingly, not at all. Um, like, everyone was so courteous and they would hear me running and just jump out of the way. Like they'll just jump off the track and be like, runner coming. Um, and there was, everyone was just so supportive, you know, like just, I think because we were passing people all the time, um, even they weren't in our race, it just gave me like so much like a morale boost. Um, and I don't know, maybe, I guess because, um, Oh, I had the Kiwi flag. Like everyone was just like, yeah, super supportive <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, and I guess in terms of uh, like who of my race and all the other ladies, um, my crew was able to tell me where I was relative and, you know, like I could see them. I could see who was in front and who was behind most of the time, except for Steph. I don't know when she passed me and I still haven't figured out like where or when or how. Um, but, you know, I, besides that, I knew who was ahead and who were yeah. behind. Yeah. 
It was so interesting when we saw you at Hemo Gorge and Amanda came running past it, it and, you know, super focused and just, you know, look, just blasting it. And you came past and, and, and you were eating your popsicle and we saw you and we were really excited. We were like, you know, she's just up there. She, you're less than a minute back. And you took a bite of your pop. I'll never forget this. You took a bite of your popsicle and you went after this <laughs> and just kept going past. And I just, it, what struck me about it was how how light it, it felt. It wasn't flippant. It wasn't, you know, it, it, you were in the moment and you were enjoying it. It seemed like you, you were really clear in your mind and you've, you've talked about that all the way down. I'm really interested because you've talked about you made some specific changes leading into the race and one of them was coming off Strava. Mm. And as an elite runner, I mean, Strava is how you show the, you know, it's how we all show the world. It's how we, you know, it's how we map our runs, but it's how we show the world what we're up to. What was behind your decision to come off Strava? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I think like Strava has its pros and cons for sure. Um, you know, like initially I wasn't, I didn't really want to go on Strava because I was like, oh, I don't want other people to see what I'm doing so then they know like how fit or unfit I am but then someone actually a good friend of yours Harry Harry could be uh, he was like um oh no like you know we other runners will want to see so we can look at your training and learn off it and I was like oh yeah true okay let's just go on Strava and then I did that for you know some how many years but then it became like quite competitive for me um you know and I felt like when I was running I would be chasing after crowns um when that's not the purpose of that run like if what was on my program if it said you know like a 60 minute easy run then it should be a 60 minute easy run I shouldn't be like running up this hill as fast as I can just to get the crown um and I think like being honest with myself and looking at my training, I felt like um, that I wasn't doing my easy runs easy enough and I wasn't putting, I wasn't putting the focus and energy into my hard runs. Um, and it, I don't know it also upset me a little every time I get an email notification starting saying that someone stole one of my crowns. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that really upset me. So it's like, no, I don't want to hear about this anymore. <laughs> I'm getting off. Yeah, especially when it's someone on a bike, and <gasps> I know they're on a the bike because in the description it oh. says, "What a great ride!" But they left it as running. <laughs> <laughs> We have one of those out Lock here them too. up. Lock them up. Yeah. <laughs> Deflate their tires. Yeah. There's been some Strava sleuthing. And is it something that you'll come back on? To? I mean, you know, there's all these jokes, or oh, how will people know that you actually did Tarawera because it wasn't on Strava, and, and that's so ingrained. But was there, a, was there a withdrawal period? Did you kind of feel... A little bit. I mean, obviously, you've got a training plan, you've got a coach, and you know you, you're self-motivated. Did you feel was there a sense of adjustment, or almost a sense of withdrawal, or was it just like good as gold? 
Um, honestly, like in the moment I got off, it just felt like all this pressure just disappeared, and I was just really able to focus on what I needed to do. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think I'm going to be going back on strike for a wee while. Yeah, I mean, um, I was talking to Caitlin um, about it as well, and she's like, yeah, you know, Courtney isn't on Strava. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't think, is Killian? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's not. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not sure, actually. Mm. He doesn't follow me anyway. No, yeah. no, he, ne- he never, <laughs> never replies to any of my texts or emails. Um <laughs> such an interest such an interesting thing isn't it, it just it, it's it's emblematic of our of of the current you know context of, that we live in how was i mean obviously you're coached by John Wyatt you know hail to the chief um how was his sort of input into your build up super important um you know like <laughs> i'm probably one of his worst um what you say pupils? I don't know. What do you call like yeah um, athletes? Um, athletes? You're yeah. an athlete. Yeah, coach athlete. athlete. Sorry, yes, athletes. Um, yeah. Um, I yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he he knows that I like to go off and do extra things, um, and not always um, follow his program. Um, he's actually called me a few times on a, in the middle of a run um, when I'm not supposed to be on a run. <laughs> Um, and like I mean like last at the end of last year I pulled out of Kepler um, and I yeah it was just something was going wrong I I still don't know what it was but um, you know I took a good chunk of time off and it seemed to fix it and like from that, I knew like to be super aware of what my body is telling me. Like, if, like it's funny because when we first had the podcast, I was like, "Oh yeah, what niggles? There's no such thing as niggles. Like, just run through it; it'll be fine." But no, um, <laughs> I like to take back what I said <laughs> please listen to your body <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah like and um I was just sick of always being injured um and I stuck to the training like to the T um and there was even t- um few instances where I'm like oh I actually don't feel like doing this much today. I'm actually going to do 10, 15 minutes less because I think my body deserves to have a bit more rest. Um, and, yeah, and, oh, um, and the other thing I did for Tararera was I actually did a race plan. Uh, <laughs> so Jono called me um, maybe a week before and it's like so what's your race plan like how much fuel are you going to have what are you going to have at the aid stations like have you got a food and a plan for a hot day have you got like a plan for a cold day and I'm like no 
<laughs> yeah, so I sat down and I made a proper race plan. Like we use an Excel spreadsheet, estimated times, like in the time I'm going to be at each aid station and exactly like what I'm going to have and how much um, carbs per hour of my intake would be. Yeah. So I took a really methodical approach to... I did, yeah. but then a kind of... There was like that last minute course change, uh, yeah. and then you know, like my plan wasn't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you went with that. You just want yeah. to pick up on you talked about the deciding to not run ten or fifteen minutes some days, or and making sure you stick to the plan. And I'm kind of interested in that, in the same sense, almost as Strava, in that as runners, we often become obsessed with you know chasing the kudos or chasing the um, crowns, but we also or many of us often become, and looking at myself, become obsessed about, oh, I haven't run enough. Oh, I've got to do that mileage. I've got to hit that number. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you deal with that? And how did you come to that decision that you were going to be firm about that and listen to your body and not run more than was on your program? Um, a lot of mistakes in the past um, where you like I just I come to my race and I just feel tired and overtrained um, and you know like what um, what is, is it what Einstein says like if you keep doing the same thing but expect a different outcome, um, it's the definition of stupidity yeah. or something. Yeah. It's the definition of insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, insanity. yeah. yeah. So I'm like, well, I've been all, I've always been doing more than what was on my training. And then I'd always feel tired or have some underlining injury in a race. So obviously what I've been doing is not working. What's the alternative? Yeah. Yeah. And was that like, was that a decision you came to yourself or was it like a hard conversation with Jono or, or other, other people around you? You know, how, how did you come to that decision? Um, I think it was ultimately my decision. I was just sick and tired of being, you know, um, not performing in the race. Mm. And Jono always tells me like, He's nice about it. Um, he, he tries to not tell me off. <laughs> when, you know, I do like, I don't know, a few, when he tells me to do like a long run and it's been before hours and I go out and do like six, seven hours. Um, so I was like, no, we're not going to do that this time. Yeah. Um, and um, the other like really important reason why I did it was because I was super cautious with this race. Um, this race, like I got really confused about the whole um, entry requirements to the UTMB races this year, I think along with many other people. <laughs> um, because previously it was based on your ITRA index. So I had always just gotten an automatic um entry and I just assumed that that was going to be the case Um, like I thought I just need to get a stone at some point and I'll be able to get an automatic entry 
But then when I looked into it, I was like, oh, actually, no, I've missed a registration because I didn't get a stone. Um, and the um, elite qualification is not based on your ITRA index. It's actually based off another index, and that index only takes, like, I think it's it's different. I think it looks at, like, races by UTMB more. Yeah. And I actually didn't have enough points to get an automatic entry. And the only way that I was going to get into a race, into a CCC, which was what I was hoping to do this year, was to podium at Tarawera. Um, and I also th- wanted to do either Loverado or the World Trail Running Champs. And I had to basically podium at Tarawera um, to be selected for the New Zealand team or podium at Tarawera and get into Lavaredo because I had missed a registration. Wow. Yeah, so my whole 2023 race um, calendar was based on me podiuming at Tarawera. Yeah. And did the golden ticket come into your thinking Mm. at all? No, no, it didn't. Wow. And that's what everyone Um, was concentrating on. But you you had other ideas. Yeah, I was actually like, all these elite runners coming because they want the golden ticket. I was just like, I just want a stone. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. What I'm kind of astonished by, and um, not astonished by at all, but like what's kind of surprising is that I'm kind of um, thinking, wow, you know, you're an engineer and so smart and you can't figure out the entry system. What chance have I got? <laughs> what chance yeah, exactly. What chance has anyone got? It's confusing. Oh, it is so confusing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think I may have told some people like wrong information because <laughs> I just made some assumptions. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. yeah. I, was at, I was giving out the prizes at Ultra Trail Australia on the first day before we made Dave do it because we got – frightened about it and i was like oh sweet there's stones okay these must be the stones because the trophies were little stones with like a you know like an indigenous goanna paint or whatever it was um and i thought oh yeah that makes complete sense here's your utmb stone no not it's like it's like bitcoin or some crypto (laughs) it just doesn't (laughs) it doesn't like and so where's your golden and on the same token is your golden ticket like in your wallet or did you give it if you can if you refuse it does it then drop down a place? So if you say, yeah. I don't want to go to Western States, it then goes to the second place person. Yeah, yeah. So I think with Tatawera, it's the first two, um, first and second. Um, they get a golden ticket, and if one of us declines it, then I'll just go to the third Slides person. Down. And yeah. yeah. So have you wow. made an official decision around that? Or are you still <laughs> I knew waiting? This question was going to come. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> That's all right if you yes. have it. That's fine. You yes. No, no, no. I made a decision and I'm happy to, sh- to tell everyone my decision. I think I subtly like announced it yesterday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, I am going to accept the golden ticket. Ooh. Wow. Cool. Yeah. 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 Jono doesn't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> You've got some work cut out for your coach. Um, That's why she's doing the six hours, not the four hours. Um, <laughs> have you? Is that exciting? Well, it must be because you can yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
initially like after finishing Tarawera like that idea of running 160k like that was, it really scared me um, but I I just needed to let my feet stop throbbing uh, <laughs> and all the other um, bodily pains disappear and then the more I thought about it um, the more excited I became um, and then like this is my memory I had um, it was the first time Ruth ran western states um we had just moved up to nelson um and i was i spent the whole day on my hands and knees scrubbing the tiled floors in the kitchen and bathroom and i was watching ruth run western states and i was just like I would rather be <laughs> running with chains right now <laughs> than scrubbing the floor my hands and knees. And I was like, well, I got the opportunity. I will not be scrubbing the floor my hands and knees this coming June on the 24th. Yeah. <laughs> not if you can help it. Um, it that's quite a step. I mean, Western states aside, if you still got um, – goals for you know races in europe or you, you're obviously going to have to do some sort of administration and management of those goals right yes i will be um western states is now going to be my main focus for the year um and i will will we'll i will still be going to france um because i need my annual dose of um, croissants and fromage. <laughs> um, so we'll still go to Europe um, and I will enter CCC again. But um, I think if I, how I do in it and if I actually do go ahead and run CCC, it's all dependent on how I feel after Western States. Mm. The last, I mean, your partner's European, um, you, you know, you, when we spoke to you, you know, nearly four years, nearly five years ago now, actually, um, which seems uh, quite strange that it's been five years. Um, you know, so much of your, your goals were European-based, right? OCC and then the UTMB stuff. The last couple of three years must have been quite hard not being able to get you know, not being able to travel and race. Yeah, it, it has been hard. Um, like, I think especially for my partner, because he wasn't able to go back and see his family. Um, you know, like his parents are not getting any younger. Um, and, I mean, we were able to go back last year. So that was really cool. Uh, to go back and see his family again and be back in the Alps. Um, actually, last year was the first time where there were so many Kiwis um, in Teen. It was crazy. So I actually felt there were probably more Kiwis than French. <laughs> and uh, th talking about your parents, you know, you, you talked about your dad was there and, you know, at the race and, and – you know, you were really open. You, you know, you came here when you were, you know, just just a very young child. Um, 
to Henderson and, 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 and you started this running thing and, and, you know, your quote was, you got told by your parents, you know, Chinese people don't run. What are you up to? You should be focusing on, you know, academia or whatever. What's your dad? What do you, what do they make of, you know, how things are going? Are they, are they stoked? Are they, are they coming yeah. around to the idea that Chinese people yeah. perhaps can run? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are 100%. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, <laughs> on board with the fact that, yep, <laughs> we can run. Uh, it's funny, like, there's actually, like, so um, in China, rather than having, um, I don't know, Facebook or whatever, there's something called WeChat, Um and there's actually a Chinese marathon running group on WeChat um, for a lot of Chinese runners in New Zealand. Um, yeah, and my dad joined that. And one of the guys was like, do you know who his daughter is? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and he was there. Like, um, he was helping out crew me. Um, yeah, and I, like... Um, the lady that crewed me, like, you know, my dad didn't realize that I was actually going to win Tarawera and they were, like, they were waiting at the finish line. And um, <laughs> and he was like asking, like, who's who's winning Tarawera? <laughs> and um, my friend was like, Nancy is. And my dad just like that realization. And then he just starts jumping for joy. <laughs> um, and she said it was the cutest thing ever. Yeah. Oh, and you've, I mean, and, and you've also got the really strong, I mean, I'm not sure there's a West Auckland marathon running group uh, that your dad's a part of, but we, we have a mutual friend. I remember, you know, working at Waitakere Emergency Department and one of the charge nurses, Marion Alley, was like, do you know my friend Nancy? She's a runner and you're a runner. And it's like, we're kind of, yeah, yeah we're on quite different levels. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I'm, a, I'm aware of her. Um, you know, what do you, what do all your friends from West Auckland make of it? Uh, I think they're a bit, they, don't, they think I'm a bit crazy. Uh, but they're also just like you know in awe of what I can do Uh, and they're they're all they're like they think I'm like the semi-famous friend (laughs) of the group actual famous friend of the group (laughs) (laughs) well I mean you I mean your dad's getting fanboyed on on WeChat that's that's pretty famous (laughs) that's pretty famous (laughs) (laughs) um just to go back to the things that you did in the build-up to Tarawera you also concentrated a lot on exercises and injury prevention and 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 rehab, didn't you? A- including building your own uh, fitness equipment or oh, yeah. equipment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that 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 didn't require any building. <laughs> but as far much more than I can do. But um, <laughs> but you 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 made a thing of that, didn't you? You really focused on that as well. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I, I think, like, I know me, I personally, like, I focus so much on running, like, but in the running, it's not where we're actually getting stronger, um, you know, like, it's actually, we get weaker from the run, it's actually in the recovery where we rebuild and get stronger, and like I said before, like what I was doing was not working, so I need to change it. And one of um, the big things I did was just focus on my recovery, you know, like waking up in the morning, working on my mobility, doing some stretches, 
and then again in the evening. Um, and uh, so while I was down in Queenstown, um, hoping to run Kepler, which never happened, I also saw um, some really good physios and um, Val Burke, who is a strengthening conditioning coach there. She is amazing. Like, um, yeah, she was helping Ruth. And Jono was, has been um, telling me, oh, go see her. Uh, I think, like, you know, you do some things we need to work on. <laughs> so I went and saw Val. And actually, thanks to her, um, she had called me, I think, maybe um, the night before I was going to head down to Tianao. She said, um, I don't think you should run Kepler, eat, like, or Luxmore. Um, because um, the symptoms that I was describing to her sounded similar to what her daughter had. So I think her daughter had a stress reaction that was never picked up in her femur. And so she went ahead and raced, and that became a full stress fracture in the femur and took a long time to heal. And so she was just, you know, she didn't want the same thing to happen to me. And she felt responsible too, that she needed to tell me that. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to go to Kepler mm. or Luxmore. Like, it's not my A race. I've got other plans for 2023. And I'm happy to not do Kepler and just take the time that I need to um, get better. Mm. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's, uh, you know, with with getting off Strava, with mm. um, deciding to, um, you know, not not chase miles, not chase numbers, and then with, you know, making a decision to not go down to that kind of race that's, it's got a kind of a party atmosphere, everyone wants to be part of it sort of thing, but you resolve, no, I'm not going to race. It says that you're. It says to me that you're. You're, you know, you've really got matured. Things. Well, yeah, <laughs> but also you're really, you know, you're you're focused and you're showing mental toughness in ways outside of racing as well. Is that something you've worked on? Um, yeah, I think so. Without knowing it, um, <laughs> a lot of it just comes from making mistakes and learning from it. Um. And also just following other runners who have been really successful, like yeah. Ruth. Um, yeah. You know, um, I know that she folk, like she spends yeah. a, lot, like, um, a lot of time, you know, on her mobility and strengthening as well. Um, so, yeah, mm. if it worked for Ruth, I mean. She does all right. <laughs> yeah, she's okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Every time I do a bird dog. <laughs> Every single time I do a bird dog, yeah. right? So I do those regularly. I've got a you know program and stuff. Every on the time. Oh no, I'm I'm on the head of a pin actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, but every single time during my set, Ruth Croft will flash into my head on the Swiss mm. ball, and I just feel a little bit crushed. Yeah. You know, I feel like a sad, sad little paw goes down. But I mean, those that speaks for itself, doesn't it? Those videos of Ruth doing bird dogs on a Swiss ball. I mean, <sighs> such strength. And yeah. yourself, Nancy, as well. You, you know, you've you've 
made no secret of the fact that you're doing this. And it's a great message for others mm. to hear as well, you know, um, putting in that effort. Was there a point at which you started to notice a difference, do you think, in your mobility? Well, you know, did it did it flow through into your running or does it just mean you don't get injured? Yeah, I did notice it. Um, I think also, I think I started running properly again, maybe like mid-December. Um, and like normally after a few weeks of like solid training I'd start feel feeling like um you know something funny's going on like I've got some tightness somewhere um or I'm just not moving right but you know like I didn't get that this time yeah um yeah I mean like honestly I I didn't spend a lot of time but all I did was maybe like 15 minutes in the morning just doing some mobility work and then at night rather than sitting on the bed like on the couch watching Netflix I would go to the gym room and just roll on the foam roller um and just do some more stretches and a bit more mobility work, you know, for like 20, 30 minutes. And that's all it took. Yeah. 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 So that's the thing, isn't it? We, I remember years ago watching a thing about Mo Farah when he was at the, oops, shall we mention it, Nike Oregon Project. But, um, you know, and they were in this gym room and he was doing all these amazing exercises. And it, it kind of almost put me off, like thinking, ah. Oh, you know, as an amateur runner, I'm never going to be able to do that. So why even bother? But actually, you know, sometimes it's just like small things that you can do will make a big difference and will actually help you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what was, we've talked about, you know, your prep and your focus and all that. We've talked about your dad jumping up and down at the finish line. What was it like for you when you hit that tape at Tarawira? Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think I was trying to contain myself and not cry. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was just, I, um, like, it was also kind of hard at the same time just to come off that intense focus um, state of mind that I was in as well. Um, like, I was literally only in like the last five k's that I was at. I was like. Um, past Steph and was in the lead and I was just like thinking holy shit I think I'm going oh sorry did I just swear <laughs> it's alright you can say holy <laughs> shit sorry <laughs> um, yeah I'm going to win Tarawera um, you're allowed to and I, <laughs> and I was just remembering being like please don't cramp now like like don't get a muscle cramp just keep running don't trip over anything you've only got like four or five Ks to run. Yeah. Uh, it's honestly like, I think that was probably when I hit that tape, that was the hardest I've ever pushed myself um, mentally and physically. Like, yeah, it's, and I remember thinking like, I'm at, at the same time when I was running and I was like, 
I'm going to get the haka at the finish line. Yeah. Like I was so excited about that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, I think it's pretty, it's pretty special. Tarawera. Oh, we, we talked about it last week. It's that, that essence, isn't it? Like the, it's, and I think Eugene did really amazing, like acknowledging it. it's not just sort of tacked on the end. It's such an integral part of it, of the whole thing. And that acknowledgement, you know, and that sense of manakitanga. I, I wanted to I wanted to ask you, how do you manage you know, you passed Stephanie in the last while. How do you manage that psychologically? Is there an etiquette to it? Um do you I don't I mean I don't know, it doesn't happen very often for me. Do you know, do you give the thumbs up? Do you give a nod or is it just strict business time and pass? Yeah, yeah, I, I was not very nice <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> um, like, so we had uh, before that, um, it was, I think I passed it close to the Redwoods aid station. And before that, it was the Blue Lake. Um, and I had um, Anna McKinnon, like, on my heels for ages. Um and I managed to finally, um, I guess, get rid of her, <laughs> um, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Um, and it kind of put me into the, like this, um, like, like I, I think it was like I was hunting for something, you know, like. I think <laughs> my face probably said it all, some of those photos. Um, and I get to Blue Lake um, and I throw down my empty flask and I'm like, give me the caffeine. Because um, <laughs> I had planned to have like the caffeinated um, gels and energy um, drinks and stuff from that point. And I just said, I'm going to catch them. Um, and they they told me, oh, um, the Spanish lady, I think it's her name is Aroa or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like she's 30 seconds ahead, like you're going to get her. And then they said um, Steph is like five minutes ahead. And I was like thinking five minutes. I, I got some work to do, but you know, I was so determined. And I passed um, Aroa like maybe two Ks. Um, before Redwoods, and I was like, "Okay, I'm in second. I'm I'm happy with second place. If I don't catch Steph, that's fine." <laughs> um, and I get to the Redwoods, and one of my crew is like, "She's right here! Like Steph is right here at the A station." And I'm just like, and I like I think it was like it took me a second. I threw down another flask. I grabbed a full one, and I just took off. And I passed Steph, and she was standing there at the aid station drinking and she had asked um, how far is it to the next checkpoint and I heard that and I'm like good she's tired I'm I'm feeling better like I'm I'm gonna like you know (laughs) I think I'm gonna win Tarawera yeah so I didn't even acknowledge her like I was like I'm gone (laughs) wow but then I went the wrong way (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> How far did you go the wrong way for? Uh, I don't want to exaggerate. I felt like a K, but I think it was probably a hundred meters. <laughs> right. Yeah. What did and you so do? then did you have to repass her or did you keep the lead? Yeah. So um, I kept going straight like um, after the aid station, but you're meant to turn left and go through the red bull tent. But I was kind of um, tunnel vision like – um, and one of the org, um, um, guys on the bike, you know, who normally is in front of the lead runner, he catches me. He's like, you're going the wrong way. And I'm just like, oh my God, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> like I just made this dramatic pass and now Steph is ahead of me. And I'm like to the guy, like, uh, um, how far is she? Like is she running strong? And he's like, no, you're running quicker than her. I think you're going to be able to catch her. And I was just, that was all I needed. I was like, sweet, I'm going to catch her again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it took me maybe about a K um, to catch up to Steph again. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea about that. Did you bet? None at all. No. <laughs> oh, drama. Yeah, yeah. A lot of drama. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? There's, over such a, a distance, and I and we saw this a lot, and we saw this in the hundred mile. You know, there was some finishes that were, and we saw it with K- Katie and Fiona. Um, you know, twenty twenty one, less than a minute between you know first and second over a hundred miles. It's incredible that you took the lead. You know, a K out after a K out from the Redwoods, which is what five four five kilometers from home, and then just pinned it. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I think that's what makes it so exciting, right? And yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's so. I think it's just it brings the sport to another level to have that sort of competition. Um, yeah, and honestly, I feel like the women's race was <laughs> so like the more competitive it. race than the yeah. men's. It was the more exciting one to watch. Definitely, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, it, it it really was. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? It's that, and and they say it again and again and again, and or we say it again and again and again. It's it's over the distance. It's so much more competitive, and it's so much more, you know, it's based on the the degree of difficulty or the the length of the race. Just how you know how close things become, and how close things become between. You know the men's race and the women's race. I mean, how many? You know, last time that it was run, Ruth Croft won the damn thing outright. You know, and it's uh, that's what you're you're so right. That's the that's the beauty of the sport. What's what's next for sort of the immediate future? I mean, it's a week out, and you're saying you know you're pretty much feeling you know you're not constantly hungry and your feet aren't throbbing. What does the next sort of three months hold for you? Um, I think at the moment it's all just based on how I feel. Um, like this, I can still feel like that deep fatigue in the body. Um, like, I mean, I only got back home yesterday. <laughs> it was a bit crazy trying to get out of Auckland. Um, yeah. but you know, I think having said that, um, it's like the you know the east 
coast of the North Island has bigger, uh, more urgent things to worry about. So, you know, my drama of getting out of Auckland is not comparable. Um, but um, I was down in Queenstown at the Moonlight Shot Over just to help out. Um, and I was with the crew from Mountain Adventure. Um, and one of the guys, you know, like he was loving it. He did the VK on Friday. And then on Saturday, like he was like, oh, there's a 10K race. I want to I want to try run 10Ks. But then he was like, oh, no, I don't know. I haven't ran in years. Um, he's like, I'm not sure I can run 10 kilometers. And I was just like, I don't think I can run 10 kilometers either, but I want to do it with you. Like, let's go, let's enter together. Uh, so, yeah, um, I ran 10Ks on Saturday and that, that was okay. Like, we weren't fast, but it was fun. And I needed to, like, move the legs um and then I also did a kid sprint um <laughs> did you just throw the, some elbows or what did yeah. you do? <laughs> um, the organizer needed someone to lead the kids race so that the Cute. kids knew um where to run and I was like thinking oh no kids go fast like they sprint <laughs> like they're nuts so it's like I can't run that fast um, and there's this one little boy like he just took out so fast and I was like struggling to keep up with him. And I was like thinking, if he keeps running like this, I'm not going to be able to like <laughs> keep up with him. Like, <laughs> this is going to be really embarrassing. And he was just like, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, you know, like 100 meters after he, like, you know, <laughs> took out way too fast, completely died. <laughs> I was like, I started getting really upset. It was like, please let me win. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, yes, no, I'll let you win. Just keep running. You're doing great. <laughs> so I had a spontaneous kids race as well. There's the moral um, of the story. Don't go too fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what is that? Sorry, what it's it's just so wonderful, and what it's because you know you talked about like five years, we have a f long two hundred odd episodes ago, right? And you're like, it's no such thing as a niggle, just run through it, just you know, rah rah. And and Eugene touched on it too. You see so many runners, be they enthusiastic amateurs or elites, replicate mistakes throughout their career, you know. And the sport is littered with people who are defining that sort of that definition of insanity, doing the same thing and expecting different results. It's so wonderful to hear you just talk about these lessons that you've learned and, and, and they've been, they sound like they haven't come easy either. You know, like you're getting them, you're getting the phone call from your coach mid run. Was that a sponsor? <laughs> I wanted to touch on that. Was that, was he like live tracking you as, as, as he chipped you or something? Is he chip his athletes or did he just happen to call you? Oh, he just happened to call me. And like, <laughs> I was out running Queen Charlotte. <laughs> so, yeah, um, after that, I, I kind of, I felt really bad. And and I, I just, yeah, I kind of like almost dropped my pace by like half. And I was just like, oh, no, what, what have I done? I'm going to regret this. I should not have ran this far. Were you like, I'm just at the supermarket? Yeah, that's um. it. <laughs> <laughs> So 
sorry, I can't take your call right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm just uh, buying some vegetables and with <laughs> <laughs> the mitre tin. <laughs> <sighs> My goodness me. I mean, oh, just yeah. That that's so that it's so funny, and it's also really you know for those of us. Again, those those of us who are enthusiastic amateurs who do have coaches and, and and you know cock around and make mistakes and run harder than we should when we shouldn't and do longer or shorter. It's it's nice to hear someone who's you know at the other end of the field who you know those and you know thinking about Hayden Hawks the other day saying I got in trouble with my coach heaps when I came to New Zealand because I was just running all the time. It's nice to it's nice to see that those uh, mistakes are replicated no matter the ability. Yeah, um, I, I think we all get caught up. You know, we always want to do more. Um, we don't want to, you know, have FOMO, <laughs> missing out on the runs with friends. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think we just need to stay focused on what our main goal is. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Well, I mean, this is your second time on Dirt Church Radio. Um, do you have... I'll ask you the question or offer you the opportunity to reflect and think about, do you have another greatest run ever to bring to the table? <laughs> I do. Tarawera. <laughs> what yes. can I say? <laughs> oh, honest. Oh, so, so I have to mention this. Um, I had like this low point in the race. Um, bef- like it was between Humo Gorge and Blue Lake, it was like a long section, um, it was really hot and we weren't going to see our crew for ages and I just like had this vision in my mind that like if I win Tarawera, it's going to be my greatest run ever and I was like thinking, which means that I get to go speak on the mic and say something at prize giving and I, all I could think of was I'm going to be like, Dirt Church Radio, greatest run ever, mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) That was, I had that vision in my head for like half an hour. (laughs) That got me through to Blue Lake. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. Very, very pleased that we could play at least a small, you know, 0.1 of a percent in distracting you from your, you know, from your very reasonable. Ah, exertion. And congratulations again, Nancy. I mean, it's just, it was was wonderful to see you out on course. It's always wonderful to talk to you. And, you know, like, congratulations on making the choice for Western. And and we wish you the best for this year and are stoked to see how you go. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's always fun to chat with you guys. And, yeah, I am, I'm excited for Western. Um, Can't wait to, you know. (laughs) <laughs> represent New Zealand and there at least you know we need to have at least a female Kiwi at Western States yeah. absolutely <laughs> yeah absolutely awesome thanks Nancy thank you guys thanks Nancy I just loved that conversation my goodness me yes and I can't wait for Western States to see her and Dan representing Aotearoa and throwing it down yeah man that's gonna be fully sick and I wish yeah. everyone was there to see her like I can't describe how cool how effortlessly cool and authentic she was running past us eating that ice block you yeah. know and we're cheering her on going Amanda Basham's just up there and she you know just like took a bite 
slid the stick off and went after this. I just thought that was yeah. magic. Yeah, boss move. Yeah. Boss move. Right. Thanks, Nancy. Yeah, thanks, Nancy. And thank you all very much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. You can email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, like and follow if you fancy, and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Don't forget to ride with your greatest run ever. We'd love to hear from you. Um, even if you're the person who stole Tony's gear, maybe, and you've had a greatest run ever. Imagine that would be, greatest run ever. That would be quite some sequel. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can read them on the website and have a look and then get inspired and send them into us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, Further Fast, and CLE. Thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things. And thanks to our editor, the birthday boy, King KB. Stay tuned to our show next week when we have another great guest lined up. Oh boy, do we what? Matewa. Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>